entrepreneurs, business owners, professionals who seek excellence, bringing the business classroom to you. It's the Business Builder Show. Here's Marty Wolf. We still got a long way to go. Yes, we all got a long way to go. Welcome to the Business Builder Show with Marty Wolf and today with our guest host, Jay Kelly Hoey. Along with Kelly and our executive producer, D.C. Taylor, we will be your guys on this learning journey. To learn more about Kelly, check out her website at jkellyhoey.co. That's jkellyhoey.co. Okay, Kelly, let's get the conversation going. Thanks, Marty. This is Kelly Hoey, guest host of the Business Builder Show, and I am absolutely thrilled today to have as our guest my friend Jennifer Yanolo. She is a global speaker, an empowerment catalyst. Uh, she has done a heck of a lot of stuff. And if anyone's wondering, I am in New York City today with all those sirens in the background. Uh, Jennifer, somewhere in New York City, too, hopefully somewhere quieter. Welcome to the Business Builder Show, Jennifer. Thank you so much. Uh, yeah, I can guarantee there will be a siren at some point <laughs> in this conversation. <laughs> it's it's not us. It's the city. Um, so we're going to talk a whole, a whole <laughs> lot today. We're going to talk about Jennifer's uh, methodology of self-directed empowerment. She's recently published a manifesto known as Coming. Um, you're also, you've coached a female founder recently who won the $1 million, she was a $1 million winner of the WeWork Creator um, Awards Global Finals, which is beyond awesome. But where I want to start my friend, is, well, actually, it's at page 13 of your Empowerment Manifesto, where you say, at the peak of my dream career in the world of food media, which I spent 25 years building, the rug was pulled out from under me by an illness. Let's talk about, let's go back, let's talk about how you became that globetrotting digital media pioneer and food podcaster. Uh, with the uh, Culinary Media Network, and I want to say what happened and the epiphany from that. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I, I had never planned on having a food career. <laughs> um, you know, I went off to the NYU Stern School of Business thinking I was going to be a Gordon Gecko type and take over Wall Street, and uh, <laughs> I got into my first finance class and hated it. So I knew that was not my path, and uh, I ended up finding a bunch of ragtag entrepreneurs like me who realized we wanted to do something a little bit different. And so I did end up with, um, it wasn't called a startup at the time, it was called a new company because, you know, that was, it wasn't trendy yet to be an entrepreneur, but I ended up with a food startup um, right after school. And so I went on this kind of journey through the food world where I did a little bit of everything, but knew that the kitchen was not where I wanted to be. And I discovered that chefs have a really neat philosophy about life and about what it means to them to cook for someone. And I thought, this is, this is something nobody is really talking about. And so I set out to create a new kind of way to talk about food, which and it started as a blog in 2003 when, you know, I think I was on Blogger <laughs> or Blogspot. And um, it ended up turning into this online food magazine, for lack of a better term, that I learned how to code myself, which was really hilarious. And then I met this chef who was doing this weird thing called podcasting. I'm like, what is podcasting? 
And, you know, he explained the, the whole phenomenon to me. So we decided, what if, you know, like Reese's peanut butter cups, what if we put together the chocolate and the peanut butter, what would happen? And in a 36-hour period, we decided, great, let's create a, a media network. So we pulled together like eight shows uh, from stuff that he was listening to and people we liked. And so we went from nothing to the world's first food podcast in 36 hours, launched, and it ended up on all the wires, <laughs> and we were off to the races from there. Oh, my God. Okay, so we're going to get to the story of how, how it all ended, but what was the, you were doing some pretty incredible stuff um, and experiences <laughs> that you had. So, you know, tell about that so that we can all have yeah. you know, complete matter, oh, yeah. food, envy. <laughs> It really was, you know, it really was a dream life. I, my first media trip, I was invited to Italy for the truffle festival. Poor me. And I was chasing a truffle dog through the woods with a microphone so we could capture the moment of what it's like to go truffle hunting. You know, and I was drinking wine for breakfast. And I mean, we, we went everywhere. I, I did my, um, my sound of music spin up on a hill in Austria. Oh my God. <laughs> and we, yeah, we were on a plane every month, and funnily enough, that is what ended up uh, ending my career because we traveled so much and we worked so hard because we, you know, if, if a food writer goes on a trip, uh, you know, they'll take notes during the day, they'll think about it, they'll reflect, and then usually when they go home, that's when they'll write their piece. We were creating media, so we were doing 18-hour days, all video, always had to be on camera, always had to be ready for camera. And so that's a different kind of approach, and it's exhausting. And so, you know, both of us actually ended up burning out, but I ended up triggering a whole autoimmune response in my body where my body was like, yeah, I think we're done here. (laughs) Oh, my God. Okay, so everything that you had been doing and built, boom, Mm -hmm. gone. Gone. Yes, because. Yeah, talk, talk about that. Yeah. Well, my favorite part of all of that is that with the autoimmune illness, what, how that manifested, aside from, you know, physical pain, was allergies and intolerances to everything from, it was, let's see, bread, wine, cheese, garlic, onions, dairy. Um, there was hardly anything I could eat. So I couldn't really cover food or talk about it if I couldn't consume it, because what fun would that be for me? <laughs> Um, let's take no fun for $200, Bob, seriously. (laughs) Like, could you have a worse, like a worse result? I'm just thinking (laughs) as someone who loves food, like, okay, you've just checked off like the great list of things to eat and drink. And you're like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? So you're lying in bed. You're not only sort of, you know, for a lot of us, health and enjoyment of life has been pulled out from under you. Your career has been pulled out from under you and this phrase, no one is coming, is the one that rallies your energy and resilience. Do you want to talk about that one, that for a minute? <laughs> sure. Well, you know, the root of it all is my mother. And when I tell people about my mother, I, I describe her as a cross between Mrs. Doubtfire and Mary Poppins. <laughs> That's <laughs> a good one. <laughs> yeah, it, it actually it describes her perfectly because she, she came to America at at 21 and she she came as a nanny right and she created this life for herself but she didn't ask for permission she packed her trunk and she left and she said you know this this farm life isn't for me let me create something else and she lived through world war ii with bombs falling around the house and 
you know, that was a, a certain way that she had to grow up. And she watched my grandmother be a literal Rosie the Riveter. She would weld bombs for the Royal Air Force. They were living in England at the time. And so this is the the maternal context that I have. <laughs> and so as I'm lying there in bed, I'm feeling so sorry for myself. And I'm just wanting to, you know, go to sleep and not wake up ever again. And I hate my life. And I started thinking about, well, what would mom do right now? Well, how would she react to this? And I remember um, right after 9-11, because I was working in Manhattan at that time, you know, I was very stressed. And I was, uh, it was when the first symptoms of some autoimmune stuff had appeared from, from all of that stress. And she had said to me, well, look, you can either suck it up and go to work or you can find another place to work and live. And I thought, well, okay, <laughs> let me just think <laughs> nothing about like, that for a Nothing second. like advice from mom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's like, suck it up, buttercup, go to work. So, <laughs> so you know, I, I was thinking about that and I thought, okay, what she would do right now is she would get up out of this bed, dust herself off, and she'd find a way. And I thought, okay, great, so let me find a way. And I, I sat down at my coffee table with a stack of post-it notes, and I just started asking myself questions like, okay, what do you want to work on? What's the thing that moves your soul? Who are the people that you admire that you want to collaborate with? And I just started asking myself questions. Um, and that was the thing that got me moving again and got me realizing that even while I was working through the depression of my whole life is gone, I thought, but what if it could be even better? I, it, that doesn't look possible right this second, but what if it could? And I kind of went from there. Wow. Wow. So our guest today on the Business Builder Show is Jennifer Yanolo. She is a global speaker and empowerment catalyst. She's the founder and CEO of Imperia. And Jennifer, where can people find you? Uh, two main places. The easiest one to spell is Imperia's site. So it's imperia.global. Uh, the other is jenniferyanolo.com, which is all my my speaking stuff and my philosophical stuff along with the manifesto. Awesome. And when you find her on Twitter, you know, now that you've listened to the first part of the podcast, you'll know why her <laughs> Twitter handle is food philosophy. So there we go. All, all those explanations all there. Okay. Yeah. So I, I want to dive into Imperia and all this, but I think it's really important that we go through uh, no one is coming, an empowerment yeah. manifesto, and what the heck is self-directed empowerment? Let's start there. Yes. Well, you know, this is one of those, uh, this was one of those moments, those, those aha moments, when I was sitting about thinking about empowerment, right? Because I realized through, through asking myself these questions, what gets me out of bed literally every day is the idea that somewhere on the planet, a little girl is about to be either given away or sold or murdered because she's not worth anything. And I thought, if that's the thing that's going to pull me out of bed, I need to come up with a solution for that. So what does that look like? And I started looking at how, how we deal with the subject of empowerment out in the world. And a lot of the time, the way we hear it phrased is, we're going to go and empower young women, inner city kids, whatever, teenagers, whatever it happens to be, we're going to go and empower them. And we treat it as this thing that we are going to bestow upon someone, right? So I'm going to go give empowerment to a little girl. Great. However, 
if we follow the logic of that, if empowerment is something we can give, it is something we can take away. And then what is that person left with? And if we look at the global charity model and how that's done, a lot of the times when it fails, it's because someone goes in, does a thing, and then leaves. And there's nothing left behind for the people to be self-sustaining. So that really, so when I thought about what is the truest kind of empowerment, it's self-directed. It comes from within. And so the yep. name that seemed to make sense from all that was self-directed empowerment. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. And, you know, as soon as you say that about not-for-profits and, and global NGOs, you know, too often you find, <clears throat> I must say, organizations where, you know, solving the problem makes the organization go away. And, you know, sometimes people don't want to yeah. have that happen. <laughs> Right. Gee, right. Gee, the if we, if the we solve this problem, I won't have a job or a cause. You know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, all right. So there's three steps I've already hinted at to everybody. Yeah. There's three steps to self-directed empowerment. Uh, the first one, page, this is so you know, I do have this in front of me. Page 19, <laughs> step one, check your lens. Talk about it. Yes. Oh, the lenses. Um, the you know, it's so simple. It, well, you'll often hear the phrase, you know, there's what he said, what she said, and then the truth. Or to be she said and she said, doesn't matter. Bottom line is, the way that we experience the world is based on the lens we look through, right? So if I look through the lens of, I'm sick, everything is terrible, my life is over, what is the point? That's one way of living. It's not a great way, but it is a way. And the other might be, all right, I've got this set of things that I have to manage and I still want this big life that I'm going to create. So what do I have to do about that? So it's the way of approaching a problem. And often when we're feeling disempowered in a conversation, in a, in a scenario at work, whatever it is, it helps to stop and check, how am I looking at this? Because that is something in our control. So we check our lens, step one. Do you want to do step two? <laughs> no, no. I, I, we're going to go step th two and step three. But talk about, you know, another okay. um, your trip to Nepal uh, with the U.S. State Department. Oh, that was yes. another one where, where yes. sort of the checking the lens that you kind of flip things on your head for folks there. Yeah. And, you know, it's sometimes it's a five degree shift of the way you see something. So as I was touring Nepal, I kept hearing from young, young people, we don't have the resources we need. We're a loser country. You know, we just don't have what we need. And most people leave Nepal, young people. There's a huge brain drain. And so the final morning that I was there, I went to do a keynote at this big trade expo that they had created called Inspire Nepal. And um, you know, here comes my siren for you. There's my background. It's a fire truck. It's more exciting. <laughs> so so as I am, I'm driving in morning traffic to the hotel and if you've never been to Nepal, it's quite an experience because as I looked out the window, there were there were the regular, you know, cars and trucks and buses, but then also cows, some goats, a couple of monkeys, and no lanes, no lights, right? It kind of just all worked. And I'm I'm sitting there and I'm looking out the window and I said, Wow, you know what? This looks like the brain of an entrepreneur. <laughs> it's total chaos up in here, but it's all working. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love that visual. <laughs> and so I, I opened my talk with that, that, that story of, you know, even though it looks chaotic to you and it looks like you don't have what you need, the way that you've had to survive and make things work is what an entrepreneur does. You're actually a very entrepreneurial country. 
And I have goosebumps now just retelling that because the way that it shifted the room, uh, I mean, I was mobbed with people at the end of that talk because they're like, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for helping us see that we're not as bad off as we thought, that we can actually do something about this. And it was really exciting. Wow. 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 Uh, I love that. And that that idea of just that other set of eyes that you get so close Mm -hmm. into it or we get so, you know, kind of if only I had if if only this and really, you know, um, sometimes you have everything right in front of you. All right. Step two Mm -hmm. of your self-directed empowerment, eliminate zero sum games. Yeah. (laughs) This is one that really applies to the world at large right now. Um, it's very much that other conversation, right? So, so for the non-mathematicians, right, zero-sum games basically is it's poker, right? Winner take all. I win, you lose, and that's the only outcome. Or you win, I lose. And when we approach life that way, uh, there's really nowhere to go with it, right? Um, when I, what, I always start with my illness, right? So when I'm thinking it's me, it's me against the illness, then there's nothing I can do about that. I'm just defeated because it's always going to win because I have no control over it. Science doesn't know how it works. There's no way to defeat it. So as long as I'm thinking in that frame of mind, it's hopeless. However, when I take that scenario and say, okay, I've got a thing that needs to be managed. How does it get managed? So for example, going back to the speaking tour in Nepal, I actually had to look at, okay, to manage a three-week speaking tour where I'm talking pretty much every day, how do I manage my energy, my nutrition, um, all of it, the travel? How do I make that work so that I can be effective? And so I still get to live my huge life that I want to live, but I have to manage all the details very, very carefully. So the, the sort of having it all conversation means I have to do certain things to have it all. Um, and it's the same way when we talk about men versus women, right? We, we hear a lot of phrasing about women need to take their power back. And the question I always respond with is, but what if we never gave it away to begin with? That, because that's a lens, right? Mm-hmm. So if I never gave my power away, I don't have to take it back. What's going to have me and this other person win? Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't all, as you say, it doesn't have to be a zero sum game. It's like, you know, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like glass half empty, half full, like all those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. And I think now more than ever, we need that, um, that lens of, of, um, you know, no zero sum game and, and the rest of it. And we can both win. How do we both win is a much better question. Yeah, or how how we both come. Yeah, so and our win may be something that we hadn't thought of, and it uh, as opposed to yeah. a win that crushes somebody else. Um, all right, step three, which kind of brings mm-hmm. us back partly where we started with the, because no one is coming. Let's talk about step three: take <laughs> responsibility. <laughs> this one totally freaks people out, and it it cracks me up because most of the time when people hear responsibility, they hear fault right? It's your fault. You're going to get blamed. It's your responsibility. And, and I always laugh when people freak out about it because really it's, it's a viewpoint, right? If, if I can take responsibility for shifting the conversation of empowerment in the world, it doesn't mean I'm the only one. It doesn't mean it's my fault if it doesn't work. It means that that's where I'm standing because that's the mission I'm on, right? And there's no fault or blame in it, but it does shift 
how I have a conversation. So, for example, when I'm on Twitter, when I am doing anything out in public and I'm talking about things, I've really started looking at how I'm saying things, right? Um, championing women instead of criticizing them publicly because that does not fit into what I am doing and how I show up. And so it's constantly checking myself to see like, okay, am I being responsible with my wording right now? Am I being mm-hmm. responsible with how I'm speaking to this person? Um, and it really does change the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I love it that, you know, as you say in um, your empowerment manifesto, another area in which you can take responsibility and one that has a huge impact is how you show up in the conversation with your communities of people. How can you be yeah. responsible for your words, actions and impact on others? And so I think that responsibility as opposed to feeling, all right, somebody else is one and they're shifting the blame to me is I am going to own and be responsible for what I do. And that's that's mm-hmm. game changing. Yeah. And if every person did that, the whole world would change overnight. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. <laughs> There we go, folks. We've got that. We thought you thought this was the business builder show, but really, we are going to change the world overnight. Um, Marty, you ready yeah. for that uh, change in name of the show? I'm I'm all, <laughs> I'm all in, uh, but I do have a question, Kelly. I'd like well, to, I would like we, to know how people can get their hands on this manifesto. How do we How do we find that? Where do we get that? Sure, um, it's on Amazon in every country, um, and it's also on my website. So um, you could, <laughs> if you just look up "No One Is Coming" on Amazon, you'll find it. Okay, <laughs> but, right. but but you have a you have a this is like a little teaser. You've got a bigger book in the works, don't yeah. you, my friend? Well, so. and the thing was, I yeah. So the original plan was to release this book in 2020, and last fall I was just watching the world kind of crumbling, <laughs> mm-hmm. and I thought to myself, you know, I don't really want to wait another years for this thing to go live. This message needs to go out now. So let me do the condensed version and get it out there. And then I have another year and a half to finish the book itself. So this is sort of the prequel (laughs) to the larger book where I really dive in and feature stories about this and and talk about this in a larger context. But I love that this is the bite size, the fun size (laughs) version. Yeah. Well, as also, I was going to say, let's go back to your first career. This is sort of an amuse-bouche to the full meal, isn't it? Exactly. That's exactly <laughs> what it is. Well done. <laughs> we're just, you know, we're just going to keep, we're going to keep going back to that. So, I yes, love it. I, um, I have to keep you can get, you get this little teaser life. of what Jennifer's got coming out, but a, but a fuller book in the works. Yes. Yes, indeed. Oh, awesome. Okay. Let's, besides writing a book, let's talk Imperia. <laughs> One of the other things I'm doing, yeah, so what? here's what I love. So Imperia, um, when I started out on this, let's call it a journey of self-exploration, where I was looking at how did I want to contribute to this conversation in the world? What did self-directed empowerment look like outside of the confines of a book and me? What did that mean? And so I took a few years to have conversations around the world. And I called that the Concordia Project um, because Concordia was the, she was the only goddess in the Roman forum. And when the Senate couldn't agree, they would go into her temple to work it out. I thought, oh, that's a great metaphor. (laughs) And she was the, she was the daughter of Mars and Venus. So I thought, fabulous. She's my girl. 
so I started having these conversations with men and women of, of all ages and cultures and trying to figure out where the roots of the problems were that we needed to solve. How did we create a world that was better for women, but also better for all humans? And what was the final manifestation of that for me? And what I ended up realizing was that if I could create a place where women could build their social impact-driven projects, whether those were tech companies or education systems or whatever they were, if I could put them all in one room where they could have a shared conversation across cultures and ages, we would actually create momentum to have real impact. And I knew that I couldn't just do that in the United States. For what would satisfy me had to be a global program because I don't believe in easy problems to solve. What fun is that? Let's make it as hard as possible and then try to figure that out. So, so I sat down with a team of people and we looked at, okay, over the next 50 years, if we really want to shift this conversation, what do we need to build? So Imperia phase one is a global innovation incubator. And we're launching our first cohort this summer with 30 women from 17 countries on six continents. (laughs) And we are going to use the methodology of self-directed empowerment to help them build out whatever their idea is. So we've looked for the women way out on the skinny branches who are trying to change things in countries where it is very difficult to do that. And what we want to do is give them a support system so they can see that they are, even though our problems are varied based on our cultures, they're all the same problems. And we saw this with college students. Uh, We had a a group of college students for our our very first test of this, of our first conversation. And there was this young woman in Mexico who's 19 years old, and she said, I am going to be the president of Mexico. I said, I believe you. And she said, but I am having a lot of trouble with my family conversations because that's a dangerous career in Mexico, and my father doesn't really want me to do that. And so after she said that, there was an 18-year-old girl from Nepal who said, you know what? I'm having the same kind of conversation with my father and my brothers. Maybe we can help each other. And then all the other young women on the call rallied around them to say, okay, well, we need to give you talking points. We need to figure out how you can have this conversation. And I just sat back and I'm like, and here is my theory proven. <laughs> one call, one, one group, the right group yeah. of women brought together and boom, yeah. you know, you're, you're, yep. they're finding the answers and the solutions and not feeling uh, alone or, you know, blockaded yeah. in what it is they want to pursue. Yeah, we hear that phrase more than any other. I don't feel so alone now. And we thought, okay, that's the stuff. And so imagine five women from 195 countries on planet Earth in one conversation, what we're going to do with that. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's phenomenal. And you know, I, of course, you taking on this massive, you know, big challenge. Yeah, you know, well, why, why not when you've had, you know, colossal uh, calamity yeah. in your lo- own life? Why not take just a bigger challenge? Um, um, oh, God, Lee, uh, you are an entrepreneur, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> I really am. <laughs> Maybe that's the question now we'll ask people. Would you do what Jennifer would do? And, you know, well, that could be our, our, our pulse and taking the temperature on whether or not they really are entrepreneurial. Um, 
Let's remind everybody again, I'm talking to Jennifer Unolo. Jennifer, remind everyone where they can find you online and get more information uh, on Imperia and your uh, Empowerment Manifesto. Absolutely. So for Imperia, our address is imperia.global. We have one of the new fancy URLs, which I love. And then for information about me, the manifesto, um, the speaking that I do, it's jenniferunolo.com. Amazing, amazing. Marty, you got anything else or uh, any other questions <laughs> for Jennifer? Or, or you know, you're, you're out there ordering your copy of the Empowerment Manifesto off Amazon. And- <laughs> I was, that's why I asked. I want to get my copy as soon as possible. Found this fascinating. And uh, yeah, why not? Global Innovation Incubator. Why not? Yeah. Why not? <laughs> oh, well, I want to say, well, I want to say that, you know, our, our time's about up. So I want to have you come back at some point, Jennifer. I want to hear what's going on with uh, the yes. women who are in that first cohort. And um, yes. I also, because I hinted at it in the introduction, we didn't talk about it today. So let's talk about it another time. Let's, let's talk about, um, you know, what you're doing to help um, entrepreneurs, especially, you know, female um, leaders in their resilience and especially, you know, uh, you're, when you're having such results as someone winning a uh, million dollar, you know, <laughs> we work creator awards. That's a, yeah, totally there's a prize to put on your chest. <laughs> Tell ya, better than a brownie badge. It really is. And it's a testament to the kinds of brilliant, and she's, uh, I don't know, 24. I mean, she's brilliant. She's so brilliant. And, uh, and I love, and, and that's the thing, I think, to put a, 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 you know, a period on the end of the sentence to all of this is that anytime I can help a woman really discover her own greatness and then take that and run with it, it, it is literally my oxygen. And I forget that I have an illness. I forget that there's anything but that mission and it is truly my lifeblood, and it's it's so much more than a job or even a passion. It's a calling, and so it's it really is my life's greatest pleasure. Oh, boom! Awesome! Thank you so much, Jennifer, for being on the Business Builder Show today. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for listening to the Business Builder Show. To learn more about me, and I'm Marty Wolf. Go to MartyWolfBusinessSolutions.com. That's Marty Wolf businesssolutions.com to learn more about kelly hoey go to her website which is jkellyhoey.co that's jkellyhoey.co and of course you can find kelly and marty on linkedin and twitter a reminder you can find all our business builders shows on itunes spotify and on your favorite podcast app bringing the business classroom to you it's the business builders show with marty wolf 